what if there were a fountain of youth pill that could add decades to your life? Would you take it? Unlocking the Fountain is a podcast about the mysteries of aging and the scientific quest to slow, stop, or even reverse it. When do you think we're going to have the first 150-year-old? I think that person's already alive. Unlocking the Fountain. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Imagine your 13-year-old self doing something, anything, that would follow you for the rest of your life and be the very first thing that people think about when they hear your name. It sounds kind of rough, right? Rebecca Black knows that feeling. You hear her name and you think of the song Friday, which went viral when she was 13 for all the wrong reasons. Rebecca will tell you how she got over the scrutiny and got over the bullying and found her way to making music on her own terms. I'm Talia Schlanger, sitting in for Tom Power. You're listening to Q. Chicken in the front seat, sitting in the back seat. Gotta make my mind up. Which seat can I take? It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. When the video for this song came out on YouTube back in 2011, millions of people ended up watching it. Maybe you were one of them. A lot of people shared the video and shared their opinions about it as well as their opinions about Rebecca Black. It's her video. She was mocked relentlessly online for it by adults, full-grown adults, by the way, all over the world, telling a 13-year-old girl that she was awful and that she was the sign of the death of art. Needless to say, this really affected Rebecca in a lot of different ways, and it took her years to get over it. Hearing Rebecca's story, I gotta say, you would not blame her for stepping away from the spotlight altogether forever. But in the last few years, she has decided to take back her life, her story, and her song Friday, after many years of feeling like it was totally out of her control. Back in February, she released her debut album. It's called Let Her Burn. She's also touring that album right now in North America. She's got an upcoming stop in Vancouver on July 20th. Rebecca Black spoke with Tom Power right before her album came out, and she had a lot to say about that tumultuous time in her life. Here's their conversation. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. A better question for you. It's an interesting time to get you because you're about to release something. Like, it would be different if you just released something, but you're about to release something. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I mean, only really this week has it started feeling like it's something that's actually finally happening. So... Um, it's been, it's been a weird one to process, but I'm just so excited to have this thing finally out. But we're talking like a decade into the music industry and yet this is your, your debut album. Are there, yes. can you give me like a pro and a con of releasing a debut album 10 years in? Having the 10 years was definitely nice. I think the cons is that it took so long to get here because, I was a 13 year old when I got my start and it wasn't even really by my own accord that I got my start. So I really had to work backwards, ask myself if this was something I really actually wanted to do with my life. Then I discovered it was, and I really had a passion for it. And then I had to grow up and into, you know, who I am now learning how to make this, how to write really, you know, thorough stuff. Uh, learning what I had to say as an artist and 
um, that has taken 10 years, 12 years, actually. Mm. Um, but that I, I'm also so grateful that like, this is the time I'm doing it versus as a 13 year old. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, I'm hoping to talk about that a little bit later on. I mean, if you're listening to this, and you don't know that like Rebecca, Rebecca's story is, is um, unbelievable. You know, when she was 13, this video gets released with a song called Friday and it becomes like an early viral video. And it's, in my opinion, mocked by adults, which is incredible incredibly stupid and um and, and, and she, she, as she mentioned this there she has to figure out whether this is actually something that she wanted to do but i, I kind of want to before we get to that like i want to talk about where we ended up which is this new record so just can we listen to a song off of it yeah i'm a performer got myself cornered put on my armor just like my mother and father multiple versions of the same person All of them hurting Don't think that that is Rebecca Black and performer. I have a lot of thoughts about what that song might be about, but uh, I want to hear it from you. D- tell me uh, what the song's about. So um, the song was the last song I actually wrote for the album. And this the process of making the album as a whole was such a process of discovery for myself because I'd really never pushed myself to that degree. Um, And also over the past few years, I've just learned so much about finally how to communicate, you know, all of the hopes and dreams and thoughts that I had about what I wanted my music to sound like and what I had to say. Finally, I felt like I was able to put like pen to paper in a way, because I mean, just being a 13 year old, being an 18 year old, being a 20 year old, especially after what I'd been through, like I just had so many other obstacles to overcome. And um, this song was really about at the end of the album, I feel like I had gotten to a place of having so much more confidence than I never had. But at the same time, I felt this really deep hole within myself of the part of myself that had become so accustomed to becoming exactly what I thought everybody else wanted me to be. And knowing that that came from the way my family raised me, the people I'd been surrounded by, the experience I'd had, there's almost like a feeling of being trapped within that and feeling like, well, yeah, I'm a performer. That's what I do for my living. But I've become so comfortable in this like way of performance that I've actually forgotten what I even am really like. Can, can you help me understand that better? So like, I, I think I understand, um, and I think we can all relate to, the idea that um, when you are a performer, in some ways we are all performers. Like when we interact with one another, we are performing various versions of ourselves. That being said, people who are in the public eye, um, whose names are the same as the, you know what I mean? Like your name is Rebecca Black as a performer and your name is Rebecca Black as a person in your living room by yourself. You are performing a version of yourself, even just talking to me right now or, or through your music. The part I don't understand is the, the your family or, or people in the world, what they wanted you to be. What did they want you to be? Everyone in our lives, especially our families, has some idealized version or thought of what we're going to turn out to be like, and I love my family so much. Obviously they're my family. (laughs) Um, but at the same time, I mean, 
over these last few years, I've had so many conversations and felt like a clear dissonance in the person I've become versus what like my dad thought I would become or what my mom thought I would become. I mean, especially after Friday, they were like, you're, you actually want to do this for a living? Yeah. Um, Are you sure? And how can we convince you not to? And everything from the way I believe to, you know, the way that I act, the way I date people, the way everything, all of that is all this kind of like feeling of having to feel comfortable in doing the things you want to do your way. I understand now. Again, I, I want to give some context here. I, I, I can, I, can I ask you a little bit about Friday? Of course. So the, the story as I, I know it is that there's a, um, uh, there's a company that offers, if you pay them some money, they will um, make you a music video and they'll produce you a song and your parents paid the money to give you sort of a look into how the industry might work. Is that right? Mm-hmm. It's one of the early viral things that happens on the internet. Like I think, I think like generations from now, we're going to be able to look at back on this as like an early moment in like a new medium, like the way we might look at like early television or early newspapers. And sure. the, this video of yours goes viral. Um, this, the song is called Friday. kind of mocked online again by like kind of grown up comedians. It gets kind of made fun of. And I want to point out that you're 13 at the time. 13 is a rough age anyway, Rebecca. 13 sucked for me. And I didn't have a viral. (laughs) I didn't have a video that I thought was private turned public. How, how did you process that as a 13 year old? Um, I mean, it deeply affected me and it really affected the way that I grew into who I was and also really prohibited me from growing into myself at all. I mean, you have no sense of who you are. You think that you do and you think that you know everything, but you're just at the beginning of like finding like some semblance of independence. And a lot of that comes through like, phases and trying things and creativity. And I was a kid who grew up always performing. I was a dancer. I was in like singing groups. I was in theater. I spent my world in that and I really grew such a love for it. And then I like randomly got this opportunity to do this thing with Friday and I never thought it was going to go anywhere. Well, you, you thought it would just be for like, for like you and your friends, right? Like you thought it would just be for. Yeah. I mean, it was mainly just to get the experience of like, what is it like to shoot something? Yeah. Like I'd never really been in front of a camera like that. I'd never really, you know, been in a recording studio. And like, this was, you know, I found it through like a friend of mine at school and I was like, Oh, this looks interesting. And my parents, my mom really like thought I was, you know, thought it was worthwhile to do for some reason. And just having that many opinions about yourself when you're a 13 year old is impossible to process because all you know how to do at that point is you've grown up for 13 years knowing that adults know more than you, knowing to look to adults for advice, knowing to look 
look for validation elsewhere as you learn how to operate in the world. And every piece of like feedback that I got, I took as fact. So of course, like constructive criticism is a great thing to have. And I'm, I've always been open to that. But when you have somebody telling you that you're worthless, that you've made a horrible mistake, that you ruined your life, that you ruined the world and ruined like the sanctity of music, like those are really, as much as they may have been jokes to the people who said them, like those were really intense things for me to hear. And I believed every single one of them. Rebecca Black has everyone and their mother talking Coming under attack, her music video went viral after it was blasted as the worst song ever. Just five months ago, Rebecca Black exploded. Friday hit 167 million views on YouTube. That's half the country, making her an instant star. But it also launched a national debate about whether it really was the worst song ever. With some distance, why do you think it upset people so much? Uh, what was so um, egregious about making a music video that it pissed people off to that level, you know? To put it bluntly, for some reason, and I don't think that we're still past this because I see this happening to people in this current day, but like for some reason as a whole, especially when like society acts in groups, like we find it really easy to delegitimize women and like children and to go against them as if it's like some cathartic way to um, excuse ourselves from like the thing. And I think that there's like a level of like anonymity that people feel really safe behind and feel like that allows them to use other people as like a punching bag because it's on the internet, it's not real. It doesn't matter. You don't have to face the consequences of saying it to the person in front of you, you know? And, and and that leads me to the thing you said before, which is that your, your parents, who I'm sure felt terrible, by the way, um, you, your, pa- your, your parents look at you and go, are you sure you want to, like you, after going through all that with Friday, you want to, you want to make music, you want to be a performer. And Rebecca, I wouldn't be surprised if you, if you didn't want to do it, <laughs> but you say you had to, you, you got there, you got to a place where you wanted, you, you realized you wanted to do it. Yeah. And I don't know if I'll ever really be able to explain that other than I've only ever followed what felt good to me. And I mean, not that this whole process has felt necessarily good all the way through. I had a lot to work through, but um, we all, I think, have some version of a thread of like what gives us peace and happiness and purpose and fulfillment. And I've only ever tried to learn how to follow that. I'm Candice Lim. And I'm Rachel Hampton. We are the hosts of ICYMI, Slate's podcast about internet culture. And we want to help you make sense of the need-to-know internet stories of the week. Consider us your internet historians of past, present, and future. Of the good, the bad, and the truly unhinged. From nuanced takes on stories we're all closely following to the ones you wished you heard about. In case you missed it, that's ICYMI, the podcast that's extremely online, so you don't have to be. Follow and listen now. You know, I I think what we've seen in the past couple of years have you been reclaiming your art. I mean, you re-released Friday, I think two years ago, Mm -hmm. um, with Big Frida, which I really loved. It's Rebecca Black. 
Did you have to do that in order to move on with new music? Did you have to like put a period at the end of that sentence in order to move on with new music? That's a good question. I mean, I'd like to say no, but maybe in a sense. I it definitely felt really cathartic to be able to take something that had gotten so totally out of my control and began as something that was really out of my like creative control and put it exactly where I wanted to put it. And it became like the relationship around Friday, especially with a lot of my peers and something I'd seen online was it went from being this like kick me sign on my back to in a lot of worlds, people started saying like, "Mm, Friday was kind of a bop and like, it makes me feel joy. It makes me feel happy. It makes me feel nostalgic. It's like, especially in the queer community, it's become like a huge, um in its own way like kind of gay iconic moment and so i think for me knowing that like i didn't want to feel like there was an elephant in the room every time i you know played a show or talked about the song like i wanted to try to redo it in my own way and do it in a way that you know i thought would resonate with a certain group of people that i know resonated with me and um it wasn't about making the song better it wasn't about making the song (laughs) anything other than just like what i would have loved to see it be in like one of my like most chaotic fever dreams and um and it's made it one of the most like fun parts of playing a show for me is seeing people scream and dance to it you know I love that so much. I mean, and that and that leads to, um, you know, uh, part of that reclamation of your life and everything you went through. Part of that has been coming out as queer. And and you mentioned the the uh, love that song has gotten from the queer community. But I think it's worth mentioning the love you've gotten. Uh, I saw a tweet the other day that said, and I want to read it to you. There are few things to celebrate in this world, but the fact that Rebecca Black is now a gay icon is definitely <laughs> one of them. Um what does that in embracing by that community, by your community in such a beautiful way? Well, what's what's that been like for you? I mean, it's I really feel so lucky and so grateful. I mean, the queer community, even ever before I came out, was a community that really was behind me for a long time, and I think that there was some thread of shared emotion or experience that. I resonated with them and maybe they resonated with me. And that was always something, even as a kid and like as a teenager through high school, I was so grateful for and um, would have so many great conversations with, with people. And, um, you know, then as I grew up, I like kind of began to understand my own relationship with it. Um, And it was definitely a scary thing in its own right to, especially having so much love and respect for the queer community being like, Hey, (laughs) Um, but I've been so grateful. And like, I'm definitely aware of the timing in which that I've been able to have this experience is only as positive as it is because of what the queer community has done and fought for and been through for decades, you know? So um, I've, I feel really lucky and I, 
definitely don't take the relationship that I have with all of my queer audience for granted in the slightest because they literally saw me before, you know, many other people did. Rebecca, I'll tell you, like, I feel like saying to you that um, given everything that you've gone through with, with Friday and with, the, and with the Internet and all this, like, work you've done on, on yourself and how much you've given us over the years of, of yourself, I wouldn't have blamed you if this new record was, like, an instrumental electronic music record. You know what I mean? Like, if you didn't give anything of yourself, if you were... Not to say that... Oh, my God, I'm going to hear from DJs now. But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if you made a instrumental album... But instead, you you made quite a vulnerable record. It's quite introspective. It's quite raw. Um, that that feels like a choice to me. With this record, I wanted to make a pop record. I wanted to make something that really resonated with me and that I could take into every one of these conversations, even and support and you know fill with love myself. Because to me, it really became, once the album was done, especially, like, it was no longer about proving to other people what I thought they wanted me to prove myself as or what I needed to do in order to gain respect or reclamation or, like, anything like that. Like, I finally made something that I love so dearly and, like, has given me so much information about myself and about how I find purpose and like meaning and all the other stuff is like great, exciting, you know, and having, having that relationship with my audience has been one of the most like meaningful things that has also ever been able to be experienced. I, I feel, um, I think I can speak for a lot of us here. We a great sense of admiration for you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Can you pick a song off of the album that I like to get people to pick a song off the album that they think deserves some love and maybe is not the single or is maybe not the, <laughs> but like the song that's maybe particularly meaningful to you and, and tell me why it is. I think one song that I was particularly proud of um, because I I got to explore a piece of my interests in a way musically that I hadn't before. It's a song called Cry Hard Enough. What, what, and, what, is the, what, did, you have to, what, what did you get to explore on Cry Hard Enough? I think there's a maturity in that song that I was always struggling to find the balance of like making something that felt really big and serious, but also like to me, like I love my music to be extremely maximalist. I love it to be really pop at the same time. And I, I think, I just think people will be surprised when they hear that one. Rebecca Black, thanks so much for talking to me. Of course. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Maybe I didn't grow old enough. All of the things that I could have done. Father, by now you didn't had enough. You had enough. That was Cry Hard Enough by Rebecca Black. Before that, you heard Rebecca's conversation with Tom Power. I have to say, kind of struck by how amazing it is that you can go through what she went through and come out so self-assured 
on the other side. Rebecca's debut album is called Let Her Burn. It's out everywhere now. You can also see her perform those songs live in concert this summer. Her next stop is Vancouver on July 20th. That's it for this episode of Cube. You can find another new episode in your podcast today. It's my conversation with filmmaker Luis de Filipes. We're talking about her debut feature film. It was inspired in large part by her Italian-Canadian family and in particular by her nonna. When Luis came out to her nonna as trans, nonna's reaction was pure love. And that shaped who Luis is as a person. It shaped the kind of movie that she made. She'll tell you how. You can find that in your podcast feed. I'm Talia Schlanger, sitting in for Tom Power. See you next time. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.